Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, once again for your word, and I thank you, Lord, for uh, your plan and how you are working in this world. I pray that we would celebrate how you are working through us, even when it's messy. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you smell that? I remember hearing those words when uh, I was in seventh grade and being absolutely terrified. Uh, Imagine me, seventh grader, uh, dealing with pimples and insecurities, my voice cracking, uh, having a fragile self-esteem, and always trying to impress the ladies. And it just so happened uh, that it was the first day after uh, winter break, and I showed up for gym class ready to change into my gym clothes. Anybody else have that for gym class? You had to change into your gym clothes, right? So um, what I forgot was before Christmas break, we had a section in our gym class because we had a swimming pool at the school that I went to, and we had our time of swimming before Christmas break. And I, during that swimming time, obviously had changed into my swimming trunks and all sorts of things, and I had a towel, and I put all of that soaked and saturated, chlorine-filled stuff into my locker and completely forgot about it for two to three weeks. And then I came back from Christmas break without a new change of clothes and opened up my locker and thought, oh my gosh, this is not going to be good. So being a seventh grader and not wanting to disappoint my, uh, my teacher and get my grade marked down, I decided to put on the shorts that smelled terrible and thought maybe just a little like air and letting them dry out that eventually they won't smell so bad. Well, I went out of the men's locker room, and right when I got to the locker room, somebody was coming in, and that person said, oh my gosh, do you smell that? It's like, maybe that was just one person, all right? Kept going on to the gymnasium. There was a group of ladies that were hanging out, cluster of women, as they do in that age and time. And I tried to look really good, and I walked by, and I heard one of them go, oh my gosh, do you smell that? (laughs) Which, by the way, for me at that time, is absolutely devastating, right? I mean, middle schooler, like, if a girl says that I'm cute, that makes my whole month. If she says I smell, seventh grade is over, right? (laughs) Go into gym class, get in there. We're playing basketball before the class starts. The game stops. And everybody says, somebody really stinks. (laughs) And I have this image in my mind, vividly remembering, sitting in gym, waiting for class to start, by myself with like a 10-foot radius around me, and the closest people just plugging their nose because of the shorts that I was wearing. And I remember 
my gym teacher coming to class and also kind of giving that look of, man, somebody really stinks here today, and pulling me out of class and saying, hey, David, uh, you smell. <laughs> and uh, in fact, I really want you uh, to go back into the men's locker room, change into your old clothes. Uh, you're not going to get knocked down a grade level because you've already had to deal with all the punishment that any seventh grader should have to earn or deserve, and it'll be okay, but please wash your clothes and come back tomorrow to class. Today, we are finishing up on a series called the Red Letter Challenge. I didn't know how to transition from that story, but I think it makes a point here, all right? Today, we're, tra- we are, we are finishing up the Red Letter Challenge, and if you've been with us, uh, for the last 40 days, we've been looking at the teachings of Jesus, and we've been taking them a little bit more seriously. That's been our intention. The red letters are literally the words that Jesus said in the Bible. And if you've been with us through that series and through this series, you know that we've been given 40 different challenges every single day to just learn a little bit more of what it means to live out these words. And we were getting into small groups as well to talk about what this means. And today, to wrap all of this up, I want to talk about one final thing, which is to celebrate the fact that Jesus has called you into his mission. I want to celebrate something today that to some can smell really beautiful, but yet to others can smell really confusing and strange at times. And to do that, I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, the words that we just read, verses 14 through 17. It's important to note this, that the author who is writing this text is a guy named Paul. And, and this is so important to understand. Uh, Paul, we are introduced in the Bible as a guy who is not perfect by any means. He smells, especially to begin. If you know in the book of Acts, he is one who is actually killing Christians. He is pointing the death of Christians. And then God shows up, this, mir- this miracle happens, he has this radical conversion. And, and then now he moves from somebody who was killing Christians to leading the mission. So much so that he is going to faraway lands to share about the good news of what Jesus has done. And by the way, he's writing this letter in 2 Corinthians. He's the author. He's writing it to a church that is also kind of smells funky. Just read First and 2 Corinthians, and you'll read some of the instructions, the things that he had to talk about. This church wasn't a perfect and, and neat and clean church. And by the way, can we just be honest here today that this is really what the church looks like? That it's not just this perfect, neat, and clean place. I mean, it's beautiful, but it's filled with us. And if you're like me, we're not perfect. Amen? A a group of broken people who also reflect somebody like Paul, but collectively come together. And so Paul, the author here, is writing to the church in Corinth. And he says these words 
to a group of imperfect, smelly people. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. First off, it's worth noting that that Paul begins by saying here that, that, that he, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. This is a beautiful phrase. It, the, the reality is, is that the church doesn't lead itself. It's being led by Christ, the one who has triumphed, the, the one who is leading the way. And what we believe is that by his death and resurrection, a, a moment that happened thousands of years ago, because Jesus rose from the dead, he's the one who's in charge. He's the one who's leading us. And it's not some like, oh boy, here we go. It's a triumphal procession that he is setting forward because of his death and his resurrection. And that is worth celebrating. He's ahead in the lead. But then Paul continues. He says this. He says, then through us, spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Through us, those who believe in him, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. I guess what I want you to hear today is that God has a plan and a purpose for you and me in this. It's not just him going out on some march by himself. He says, you're the fragrance of him to everyone everywhere. Uh, Really, to the knowledge of him. You get to put on the smelly shorts and go out. And you might be saying, well, Hold on a second, Dave. Like, I really don't ever want to wear smelly gym shorts. Yeah, me neither. That was one time in my life that I probably talked about with my counselor, but that's a whole other time, all right? So maybe a better image of what Paul is saying here is this. It's, it's, like, uh, it's like, have you ever met somebody who wears too much cologne or perfume or something like that, right? What Paul is saying here is that as you are around that person, right, as you uh, embrace that person, it starts to rub off on you. And then you ultimately start to smell like that person. Paul is saying that you now are the fragrance of him as he is leading you in this world. In fact, Paul is saying that people will learn about Jesus by smelling you. It's kind of strange. (laughs) But that's what he's saying. And what's interesting to me is that this has been God's plan from the beginning. I don't know why God did it this way, but this is how he chose to do it. His 
mission was going to be using us as his people to spread the knowledge of him. He, he says that I'm going to work through my people. And, and truthfully, I believe that that's something to be celebrated, something that is absolutely beautiful, yet incredibly messy. Because there's no doubt God at one point in time was working through some strange cloud and said, hey, just follow me in the desert, you know, and I will show up and lead you. And then he starts working through this sacrificial system of animals. And, and, and he says, it's not by the cloud anymore. It's not by sacrificing of animals. And it's not by some strange, weird prayer language that is going on. Now, I know that God promises that he works through his word. Let's be clear here. I'm using his word to say this is what he is teaching us. And also that he promises to work through the means of grace, of baptism and the Lord's Supper, which we'll celebrate in a second. But, but never forget that what Paul is saying and what the Bible is teaching is that God promises to work through you as well. That people will hopefully smell Jesus when they smell you. But the question becomes, well, well, does that go to where? Well, Paul says very subtly there, that's something that goes everywhere. To everyone at every time. And, and to me, I believe that this is a thing to be celebrated. But, but let's be clear, this is very messy. I don't know if uh, this person actually said these words. It's been attributed to him. I certainly have heard other people use this phrase before, and, and I think that it is true. But the quote goes to Gandhi as saying one point in time, that I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Anybody heard this quote before? I mean, this becomes really challenging of the plan of how God decided to do things, right? Maybe one of the reasons that you have been hesitant of getting involved in church is because of that church person who was condemning and bringing all sorts of things. Like, I, I know that this becomes really messy, but I want you to hear this point here because the reality is is that for some, you might be thinking that, well, I don't want that kind of pressure on me. I don't really want that to, to be my mission, which is a, a wrong thing to think because, because Jesus is the one who's leading the procession and he's calling you to follow along. You're not going alone. But also at the same time, it's wrong to think that, well, I can just do whatever I want and it doesn't matter. Like, like it, it doesn't matter if I do whatever. God's just going to do what he wants to do. But the reality is, is that God has called you and you are part of the plan. That God is going to work through you in the process. But there's something really beautiful that could be easily skipped in this passage that Paul points out. It says here in verse 15, for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. 
You and I are the aroma of Christ. We are the aroma of Christ. We're called to smell like Jesus. And what I believe that that means is something that we've been learning for the last 40 days. I believe to be the aroma of Christ means that we find our identity not in something that we do, but in who we are. To be the aroma of Christ means that that I am going to forgive as a step towards reconciliation, knowing that that is challenging and difficult to do, but I do that out of what Christ has done for me. We are the aroma of Christ because that calls us to serve others. And not just to think about ourselves and only be focused on me, but also to care for those that are around me. We're the aroma of Christ by by simply giving sacrificially and, and realizing that I'm called to be generous, that my life is more than just accumulating stuff, that there's a bigger plan and purpose. And we're the aroma of Christ because we're called to go and share that news with others. It's not just ours to hold on to for ourselves. But there's something beautiful here that Paul slips in. He says this, that yes, you are the aroma, you are the fragrance to others, but also he says this, that we are the aroma of Christ to who? To God. This is profound. That when God sees you, he smells Jesus. When the creator of the universe looks at you, he doesn't see you as broken and worthless and remembers that stupid decision you made in seventh grade. He sees Jesus. He smells him. And we celebrate this. That's why you're allowed to come through the doors on Sunday. It's kind of a joke, but it's true. It's why we're continually allowed to be here. Because of the grace that God has provided, we are seen differently now. Now, I was thinking about this, like, all right, this weekend I'm going to preach on the smell of Jesus. It seems kind of strange. I haven't heard that sermon before. What would Jesus actually smell like? Uh, would he smell like freshly baked cookies? Would he, I don't know, would he smell like that, that good meal at your mom's house? Or would he smell like a stinky pair of gym shorts? In seventh grade. Well, Paul actually, to answer that question, says it depends on who's smelling it. In 2 Corinthians 16, he says this to one, a fragrance from death to death, to the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? The reality is, is that this mission will lead us into places of where some people will say, like, I hate that smell. It's repulsive. To others, it will bring life. But know this, to God, it smells like salvation. It smells like perfection. 
So here's my question for you today. Who do you smell like? Who do you smell like? And I'm not saying like, is it Old Spice or Axe Body Spray? Seriously, who do you smell like? Who's influenced your life so much that when other people smell you and they see you, they say, man, I see this person who has worked in your life. And just for fun, as a challenge this week, we don't do this often, I would love for you to ask somebody that you love this question, just to watch how they react. Because I did this with my wife. I said, hey, Gretchen, who do I smell like? And she looked at me sideways. And she goes, "Uh, you smell good? I was like, all right, cool. So I went to the real theologian of our family, which is Romy, the littlest one. And I said, Romy, who do I smell like? Her reply was, "Uh, you smell like mom. I was like, all right, I'll take that. (laughs) So I said, took it a little step further, Romy, who does mom smell like? Well, mom smells like her friends. Hold on a second, Romy. Are you saying that I smell like a girl? (laughs) To which she said, no, you smell like your friends too, except when you come home from the gym. And and all joking aside, I think it is kind of an interesting question to ask ourselves as we reflect, who is it that is rubbing off on who we are? I, I know for a fact that the people around us influence the way we look at life. I'm sure there's statistical proof to, to state that. Are the people around you influencing the way that you look at others. And my question again would be, does Jesus fit into that? Because I do know that, that the smells that we have in our lives, they trigger important moments in our lives. Like, for example, I know the smell of white diamonds perfume reminds me of my mother because she wore it all the time when I was growing up. Or the smell of a grill reminds me of my dad on a Saturday night cooking hamburgers on the back deck, and they were the best hamburgers in the world. But I also know this. That when you find your identity not in what you do, but who you are, you're smelling a little bit more of who Jesus is. When you're willing to forgive someone, you're smelling more of the aroma of Jesus, the triumphal procession that he is leading. When you're serving somebody, And serving them not with the intention of getting something in return. Once again, the world is smelling a little bit more of who Jesus is. When you give sacrificially of your time, your talent, and your treasure, once again, the world is seeing and smelling Jesus. And when you share good news with others, you too are smelling Jesus in this 
world. And that's why our mission here as a church is to look, live, and love more like Jesus. Simply that. Now, it's kind of funny uh, because this last week I had three days up in Nesita, Wisconsin at a pastor's retreat with all of our Trinity pastors. And when you get a group of pastors together, we typically talk about what we're going to preach on which is just kind of part of the occupation, I guess. And so we were sitting around talking like, hey, what are you going to talk about this weekend? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, we were discussing, yeah, we should use this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. It's kind of a strange uh, passage to talk about, well, what do we smell like? And in a very cheesy way, somebody came up with the thought of, we need to change our mission statement to not look, live, and love more like Jesus, but simply to smell more like Jesus. <laughs> Which, if that gets you to remember this sermon, great. That was the point, all right? And I know that that's incredibly cheesy, but it's ultimately what God has called. His mission is that he's going to work through you to others. And, and his desire is that you would know him so well that it would just begin to rub off on you so that others could see and smell that wonderful fragrance of the knowledge of him The knowledge and the smell that our Heavenly Father, when He smells that, He sees perfection. And today, you get to celebrate, as I get to celebrate, that God has promised to work through us, especially in the midst of our messiness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God who works among us in and through us, and also despite us as well. I pray, Lord, that we would be challenged to know more of who you are, to trust in you, to really take to heart what it means to know our identity, to forgive and serve and give and go. That is a lifelong journey of learning how to do. And even though we stumble and fall, I'm so grateful of your grace and your compassion that you have. I pray, Lord, that we would be empowered in that mission to know that you're leading triumphantly ahead. In Jesus' name, amen.